0: Welcome to The Weather Review, the podcast that is not your typical forecast. Weekly, we look back at weather events that may have made the news in an attempt to explain what happened and why. I'm your host, Gavin White, and I welcome you to this week's weather review. Phoenix, Arizona has had 25 consecutive days of temperatures over 110 degrees Fahrenheit at the time of recording this episode. This can be attributed to numerous things, but today I'm going to focus on two primary factors in particular, a delayed monsoon and the urban heat island effect. So starting off with the monsoon, what is it? A monsoon is a large-scale shift in the pressures and, as a result, the winds that brings moist tropical air into de- desert regions. This results in seasonal rainfall for the region, refilling reservoirs and other water sources, and generally leading to cooler temperatures overall. These so cooler temperatures come from clouds overhead due to precipitation, and then as a result of precipitation, is more moisture on the ground, and the combination of the two generally leads to cooler temperatures. Monsoons form in the summer months due to high pressure formation as a result of temperature differences between the lands and the oceans. Um, In the United States, a prolonged high pressure system rotates clockwise, which is going to bring moisture from the Gulf through Mexico up into the southwestern United States, leading to monsoon activity. And that's the typical southwestern United States monsoon, at least the formation of it. Now, for the southwestern United States, the monsoon season is from middle of June through the month of September. So it's a good three and a half months of the typical monsoon activity, uh, monsoon season, where you're going to see monsoon activity, storms, precipitation, um, and hopefully cooler temperatures compared to the rest of the summer. However, this year so far, there's been a delay in the development of this um, prolonged high pressure area down south, possibly linked to the development of El Niño this year via the now-settled jet stream. Um, However, signs are beginning to point towards monsoon storms starting soon. In fact, forecasters in the southwestern part of the United States are expecting monsoon activity later this week and precipitation. Regardless, a delayed start to the monsoon season means less precipitation, which means warmer temperatures in the hottest part of the country. Now it's been twenty-five consecutive days of temperatures over 110 degrees down in Phoenix. This is partially explains, but this doesn't give the whole story. Why on earth is it that hot for that long? And this is a record streak for as long as they've been keeping this record. This is the longest streak it's been. They've just been breaking it day after day after day. This is this is no small thing to just bat an eye at. The other um impact that might not be as talked about um when when looking up Phoenix, Arizona, in this in this heat streak, would be the urban heat island effect, a, a microclimatological form of um, impact. Uh, well, pretty much what this is is a in a high density area of structures such as buildings and, roadway, and roadways, um, without many green spaces. Uh, those, those high that high density of structures are going to absorb and re-emit the sun's energy vastly faster than plant life because typically plants are going to absorb and they're going to use the sun's energy and they're going to reflect some of it back off. Whereas when you look at man made structures, it absorbs, it keeps it, and it emits it later in the day, which is going to keep things warmer longer. This results in warmer temperatures over urban areas as opposed to rural ones, both during the day and the night. Hence the name, the urban heat island, warmer temperatures over over urban areas. And this, this is a very well-documented phenomenon. Pretty much any urban center is going to be notably warmer than its closest rural counterpart. In the rural areas, there's less buildings, there's less roads, there's a lot more plant life, a lot more nature, which is going to, to keep temperatures cooler than what they would in a more man-made industrial environment such as a big city like phoenix so when looking at phoenix specifically in 2020 there were notable temperature differences ranging in a difference of anywhere from 3 to 13 degrees between the metro and the rural areas surrounding phoenix that's 3 to 13 degree difference that's astounding i'm showing there's obviously a lot more going on here and a lot more that can be explained with why Phoenix has seen such a high temperature streak that they've that they've seen over the last two, three three and a half weeks now. And when you look at the metropolitan and urban parts of Phoenix itself, just looking over the previous decade, it it was the fastest growing city in the United States. Its population increased by eleven point two percent. Um according to data conducted within the 2020 census, it's now the fifth most populous city in the country. Phoenix is growing very quickly. And with a growing city, it's going to expand. There's going to be more urban sprawl. There's going to be more buildings. There's going to be more roads. There's going to be more neighborhoods. There's going to be more man-made structures and objects that are going to be heat-absorbing surfaces that will increase the result of the urban heat island. And this can be mitigated to some extent with with proper planning um, such as utilizing green spaces uh, reflective coating on the roads I mean you've seen this I think a city out in California tested this a couple years ago a couple other smaller towns are considering it the um, painting their roads white um, is is better when trying to mitigate the urban heat island because typical asphalt roads they're black they're going to track the sun it's going to absorb that heat. It's going to stay hotter, longer. It's going to re emit it at night, keeping temperatures overnight warmer. Whereas when they paint it white, it's reflecting the sun's energy a lot more of it than what it's absorbing, therefore being one less um, structure contributing to that city's urban heat island. So this, this is these are things that Phoenix itself has not necessarily done. They don't have tremendous green spaces i mean granted it's the desert it's it's hotter to begin with let's be honest and you don't really want to be outside that much when you're in the desert anyways um and then like most cities are going to use typical asphalt roads you're going to absorb heat especially in a place in the desert where it's already hotter couple that in a metropolitan area in the desert and this is pretty much it's just it just leads to more structures trapping and releasing heat further amplifying the heat island effect within phoenix and this is I think probably the greatest contributing factor to what we're seeing, if with how much Phoenix has grown just over the last decade, and how much more urban sprawl there would have to be in order to accommodate the influx of um, of people, of residents, it's going to have just, it's going to be very compact. It's going to be very dense. It's just there is going to be. A stronger urban heat island again I don't have the figure specifically on the strength of urban heat island compared to a decade ago, um, but just in twenty twenty alone it it showed quite stark differences between downtown Phoenix and not too far outside of the city and more considered rural areas, so for a year filled with warmer than average temperatures. A lack of monsoon rain coupled with booming urban growth leads to a stronger urban heat island effect and warmer temperatures across the greater Phoenix area. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the content or commentary, please consider leaving a rating so others can also find this podcast. Enjoy your week and keep your eyes on the skies.